Hi, this is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to That UFO Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy, and this is the first listener call-in of 2024. Hopefully, part one. I've got another few calls to get recording today, but here is the first three calls recorded at the beginning of February 2024. With you, the listener, if you want to get involved in future call-ins, drop me a DM or ideally send me an email with listener call-in in the subject to ufouapam at gmail.com. The link is in the description. We've got three calls here discussing sightings and we also have a call discussing how to get involved in the UFO subject in the right way or if indeed there is a right way. So really interesting conversations. I hope you enjoy. I love the old school format of almost a radio show type call in. One of my favourite formats in all of media to be honest but that's just me. Um, Listen, hopefully hear from you soon. Enjoy part one of the call in. And first up on the call-in for 2024, I've got Alex in Michigan. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Very good, very good to hear from you, Alex. And uh, it's been a long time just chatting with you before we hit record since I've done one of these, getting back into the swing of things. Um, and I've got a few callers lined up, and I'm really looking forward to doing this because genuinely, like I've just said to Alex, I love speaking to listeners and viewers of the podcast because you don't hear the sound bites, the sound clips, the normal opinion. Uh, and Alex, uh, when we got in touch, you said that you want to talk about an experience you had back in March 2019 uh, and a few other aspects that go along with that. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It's. Uh, I feel like it's the time to uh, talk. It's been... You know, it's been a few years now, and with the way things are going, you know, in just the whole space, you know, with Congress and legitimate people talking about it, you know, it's ever, it's been a snowball ever since 2017. I've been following the topic since 2017, um, and I just feel like it's the time. I mean, people deserve to know. I know other people have similar stories to mine, as you'll hear in this my story, because um, that comes up, but... Uh, yeah, I just feel like it's the time people deserve to hear my story and kind of know, not necessarily the truth. I mean, it is the truth, but I don't know what the truth is. Well, listen, the floor is very much yours, so take it away. What is your story, Alex? Yeah, so it started off, I was in between jobs. I was living with my parents' house. Uh, we're south of Flint, Michigan, so I really at the time kind of didn't know what I was doing. I was studying for an insurance license, so I was doing that. Um, And also at the time, uh, my brother was going through some things and I had to drive him to work. Uh, So I would be doing that pretty much every night. Uh, Me and my mom would switch off occasionally. She was going through some health issues, so I was doing it really most nights. He was working third shift, so I would show up at his apartment. He lived maybe five minutes away. Uh, show up at his apartment, 2 a.m. usually, 2 to 3. Uh, pick him up. We'd drive up to Flint because that's where he worked at a uh, truck manufacturing plant. It's right next to the International Airport. And, you know, it was a normal night. I mean, I've done it 100 times before. Uh, hopped on the highway, you know, 20-minute drive up there. Dropped him off. You know, we go through security, and, uh, you know, I hop back on the highway. And I'm going back south, you know, back home. And at this time, it's like three, it was like three, I would say 10 um, when I was dropping them off. You know, when I got back on the highway and I was actually driving, I know exactly when 
the experience happened when I actually saw the object because uh, I was taking a video. So I do have a time. Um, it was 3.23 a.m. But uh, so I'm going back a little bit. Uh, so I'm on the highway. It's, uh, you know, it's going straight. And then there's an, an S-curve. Um, I don't know over where you are. I'm sure other people will be familiar with, you know, the landfills that are on the side of highways. Um, usually they're off to the side. Yeah, yeah, there's a, yeah. there, there's a landfill right there. So it's kind of blocking, you know, it's going straight and, you know, it would continue going straight, but you know, you got to go around the landfill. So it's like an S curve. So, you know, you hang a right a little bit and then you cuts back left and, uh, you know, completely normal. There's nobody else on the road. I mean, it's, it's a popular highway, US 23 right there, but at 3 a.m., that's kind of kind of a weird hour, especially just right there. I mean, there's just not that many people driving. I mean, you'll see one car every once in a while, but I didn't see any cars um, that night. I uh, So I straightened back out around the curve there, and I'm just immediately met with three you know, what I could see was like three blinding lights. I mean, they were, they're the brightest things, you know, you've ever, I mean, you couldn't miss it. And this was like a mile and a half down the road still, cause it straightens out for, you know, a very long time or pretty far, I should say. And so I, I, you know, I think I'm pretty rational. So I start going through, you know, a checklist in my head of, you know, like, what is this? Right. Like that wasn't there when I was just driving North, you know, 20 minutes ago, you know, what's off to the side of the highway up there. And I could tell it was just above the trees as far as the lights were. Um, so yeah, I'm going through the checklist. Um, you know, is it a plane? Cause like I said, you know, the international airports right there, Flint Bishop and, you know, that's what my first thought was, it was a plane. So I was watching it for a good five seconds. You know, it's just not moving. I understand parallax, but it just was way too low and just not moving. And I'm like, you know, I'd, I would see the blinking lights by now, you know, and I just, you know, plane was just off the table because it was just too low. I was just like, even though the airport's right there, it's just, I mean, it was, it looked like it was just barely over the trees, you know, even from a mile away. And I, uh, you know, so plane, no. All right. Is it, you know, I, I even thought of like a, you know, a cell phone tower, like with the, with the red lights, even though these lights were more of an amber color, I was just thinking of like a tower right there, but I'm like, there's no tower right there. And obviously I would have seen this, you know, going North cause it's just so blinding. Um, and so I get closer and closer. I'm thinking, okay, is it a helicopter? And as I'm driving, I'm slowing down too. Cause I mean, this is best way I I could describe it. I mean, it's like it was right over the highway. I mean, it's like it was blocking, you know, blocking the road. Like, I mean, it was right off to the side. So I'm slowing down, you know, it's a normal speed limit, you know, on that road, 70 miles per hour. I mean, last time I checked my speedometer, I was going less than 20. It was like 18. So I slowed down all the way. Um, and I, uh, you know, I got closer and as I was getting closer, you know, thinking, you know, maybe it's a helicopter since it's not moving, you know, the lights aren't blinking and I'm like, you know, helicopters blink too. You know, you got to have the, 
you got to have those lights. <laughs> That's like a regulation. So I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting close enough now to where I could see that it was, you know, above the trees and I could tell that it was in a triangle shape, the lights. Um, and it was just, it's just crazy. I, uh, you know, I could see the top of the trees cause the lights were bright enough to where, and I don't even know if it was the lights or just the moonlight. I don't really necessarily remember, but I could see the top of the trees just silhouetted. And could you make out how big the object was from the, the yeah. lights? Yeah. Well, you know, from afar, I knew it was, you know, an object. Like, I mean, I knew it was like either like it had to be a plane, you know, it had to be something like it was big. But, you know, when I got closer, I mean, this thing was, I mean, it was huge. I mean, it's, I, you know, I've gone on Google Earth, looked at the same location because I know exactly where it happened. And, you know, I've tried my best doing, you know, just little fine tools as far as measuring. And from what I can, I mean, it was at least 100, 100 feet on one side since it was a triangle. Um, at least 100 feet. Um but as I got closer, you know, realizing it wasn't a helicopter because it was so low, it was 10 feet above the trees, 15 feet to where, you know, I knew, I know rotor wash. I mean, I watch enough. I know I'm really into, really into aircraft, really. I always have been. So, I mean, I knew how it should behave and, you know, with the trees not moving, I was, that's when it like got really real for me too. And that's when it, I was able to, you know, I rolled down the passenger window because I wanted to get a better look and I wanted to hear too, you know, if there was making any noise. Um, so I, you know, stick my head out the window and, you know, there it is. I mean, best way I get to describe it. I mean, I saw, I was so close to it when I was, you know, right next to it that, I mean, I could have hit it with a baseball like a hundred percent. I've heard similar stories and it always makes me laugh when someone describes it that way too. They're like, I could have hit it with a rock, you know, and especially different cultures too. You know, I, I hear people say, you know, could have hit it with a cricket ball, you know, could, uh, it's just funny to me. Um, could you make out any of the mark? Was there markings on it? Any distinction yeah. of shape? What was that yeah. like? Yeah. So, I mean, I saw it all. So the three, lights that were amber colored they were on the points underneath of the triangle so i didn't see like the entire like a circle like it was kind of like a hemisphere um you know embedded inside that's the best way i could describe it and these lights were you know they were blinding from a mile away there's like the best way i could describe it is weird it's like the photons weren't acting properly i've never seen lights like these because they it was like the price thing that you've ever seen, but you could look directly at it. Uh, best way, best way I could describe it is like if you've ever seen like the sun, in you know like those tel- telescope videos of the sun. Um, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, to where it's like it's so brilliant, but you can you know you can look right at it. Um, and they were on each corner. I got a good look at those, uh, but when I was underneath, I was able to see. And this is where it was like, you know, it just, it just screamed alien to me immediately because it was the most alien looking thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, I've seen, 
like I said, I'm really into aircraft. So I, I'm really into all the military stuff and all that. And this is just, you know, this was just different because I was able to see the skin of the craft. It was dark, like super, super black. And it looked like wavy in a way, like not, not perfect. Um, like the actual skin on under underneath kind of like organic in a way. Um, and then the craziest, you know, really got a good look at was these interlocking L's that just interlocked. And I mean, I couldn't really describe how maybe like five feet long each. Um, but they weren't, you know, they weren't piping or anything like that. It wasn't, you know, they were like solid, just, you know, blocks, you know, that like protruded out, you know, decently far enough for me to, you know, tell and pick up on. And that just looked, you know, super, that's what looked really alien to me. Like, cause it just was very, just weird looking. Um, my first thoughts were, I'm like, this is, you know, Star Wars. This is incredible. Like, you know, and I'm still driving past it because it's so big. You know, I was, you know, like I said, going like 15 miles an hour or so. And, uh, you know, I was able to see the middle, um, the middle red light um, when I was right. I wasn't able to see it at all until I was right underneath it. And this red light was, you know, the diameter was like maybe 30 feet. I mean, I don't, maybe I'm not really good at that, but I would say, I mean, it was enough to swallow a car. It's like big enough. Yeah. Like that big enough. Yeah. And the red light was incredible. It Like I got a really, really good look at that. And it was just, I mean, best way to describe it is just technology. It was, I don't know why. I mean, the only thing that I've found that's even similar is, you know, Iron Man the arc reactor in his chest, like instead of being blue, it was just red. Um, and that's, that was the nuts and bolts. Um, I, what happened was, you know, when I was right next to it though, I, uh, and this is crazy, even to me, I mean, I, I've heard these stories like my entire life and thought these people were crazy, but it, you know, spoke to me. Something spoke to me. It wasn't a thought in my head because it's not vocabulary that I would use ever. It was, you're not supposed to be here. It was just very straightforward, just instant. Like you're not supposed to be here. And it wasn't me. It was, just shot into my mind and you know that was enough for me you know I was like you know okay <laughs> I agree and you know drove away you know and I was terrified like I'm thinking the entire time like as soon as I'm like passing this thing it's gonna start following me and I'm like do I even go home I was like when I was you know I started driving and you know faster and I'm looking in my rear view and the rear view was just, it was crazy because I could still see it. It was over the trees. The red light was illuminating the trees at that point. So I could see the trees were red. 
at the top, and I just went home. I my both my parents were sleeping, so I wasn't gonna wake them up. I just sat in my room and I, I called my brother immediately because I knew he would be the only one that I could talk to since I just dropped him off. You know, told him about it and that was pretty much it for you know a year and a half. Um, I got super into UFOs after that. I mean, I just read everything, looked at every single triangle encounter that I could find to find similarities. And mm. the one that I found the most similarities with just online um, was Colin Saunders, I think is his name. He's from, I think he's from the UK. I'm not I'm not sure, uh, but he talked about his experience and he mentioned the interlocking L's as well. Um, and he's also made a 3D model uh, that is the best description that I've seen um, from what I saw. But fast forward, like I said, you know, a year and a half or so from 2019, you know, I was just laying in my bed one day listening to, you know, I wanted to listen to some podcasts, you know, UFO related or something. So I just went on my phone, went on Safari, looked up, you know, and I've done this in the past too, which is weird. I was surprised I found it, but I, uh, you know, looked up UFO triangle sighting Michigan, you know, go podcast. And I found this podcast. I'm forgetting the name right now, but, uh, it's a husband and wife. They're from Michigan and they had this, uh, person named guy on the line, um, to tell his story. Uh, the title of the podcast was guys experience with a triangle in Flint, Michigan. And I was like, huh, you know, I wonder, you know, in Flint, you know, that's near, right. Maybe like 15, 20 minutes. So I started listening to it and verbatim exactly what I just said. He said as well he was one morning driving on us 23 and this was in 1994 1994 march as well my sighting was march 23rd his sighting was march 19th or 18th i think yeah 18th and he was going to work it was 4 a.m and four or five, either way. Um, you know, he's going to work and exactly what I just told you. He goes around that S curve, sees these brilliant lights off to the right side, about a mile or two down, you know, goes through a checklist in his head, tries to figure out what this is, gets right up close to it, has a telepathic message sent to him that was verbatim. What was said to me, and which is just crazy to me it uh you know and you know i got in contact with him immediately i you know he has a youtube channel and his therapist actually said to encourage him to do it um just to get his story out and just kind of you know heal because it really you got to talk about it or you just I, I understand now, like those people that, you know, say quote unquote, go insane. I mean, when you, 
know something for a fact and nobody believes you, you know, you, yeah, you can go insane. I can, I totally understand it now. Um, so he, he went 20 years without any, you know, true 20 plus years of any true, you know, vindication of his story, you know, and I emailed him, we got on a phone call and we spoke, you know, he's, he's retired. He's like 70, 75 or so at this point. And he just broke down to me and it was just, you know, cause he finally had like complete vindication of like, you know, somebody else seeing exactly having the exact same thing happen. Mm-hmm. And it was vindication for me as well. And it was just like super, super emotional. Um, it's like a movie. I always say this is, this shit is like a movie. <laughs> it, it doesn't, you know, I didn't ask for this at all. It, uh, but well, let me ask let me ask is i'm going to end up forgetting my questions and it's really, it's really fascinating listening to you um i forget i'm meant to be speaking to you and i'm just letting you chat and no, as if okay. i'm listening to your podcast here um there's two elements of the phenomenon and you seem to have this nuts and bolts aspect which i think more people find easier to comprehend that there's a solid object and it may be from somewhere else or belong to something else you can just see it right there it's yeah. easy it's tangible yeah people gravitate to that and even your general public i think find it easier to understand people are potentially seeing something there's then the other aspect of it which most people call the woo the other spiritual side of it consciousness you mentioned either it's telepathic a download whatever that might be that's something that less folks i think are comfortable dealing with because it's something experienced by probably less people than see something that they can't explain as opposed to experiencing something they can't explain which is probably much more scary as well so but it's interesting people on the podcast to get in touch who really gravitate to that because i think you make the point really well that it's less spoke about but people bottle these things up like you mentioned that i was going to say that guy but guy uh who who kept this to himself (laughs) yeah you know, for a quarter of a century almost. And then he went through a time of, of no social media where who could he really speak to in the mid nineties right. to, you know, here's, you can only here's some young guy. Friends. Yeah. Exactly. Here's some young guy exactly. who's now reaching out to him to say, I've had the same experience as you. And wow, you know, this guy's probably not on Twitter, likely maybe on Facebook, who knows, but not sharing this. But I want to know after you had your experience and you have this, you know, whether it's an instinct or something is non-physically but getting in touch with you to say you shouldn't be here, whatever you want to call it, a download, did did your life change in any way other than, well, I've had this experience, but did your dreams change? Did any habits change? Anything like that? So, yeah, not really. I would say, like, no. The... um you know, I I have had some crazy dreams, but you know, dreams are funny. You know, they. You know, I've had dreams where. You know, I'm walking through a place. This has only happened one time. I, you know, had a dream where I was, you know, with people in a facility, not like you know, like say like a hospital kind of deal. That's what it looked like to me, either way, and. I just remember, you know, being next to like a drinking fountain and I remember it was a very vivid dream. And then I don't really know how much time went by, but you know, one day me and my friends were 
out and about and we it was it was like we were late at night uh, we were walking around we were thirsty and like there's no <laughs> no easy drinks around but we were next to uh, the university one of the buildings and one of my friends you know went to school there so he had access and he just you know we walked in there and we were just walking and we go down this hallway and i just it was like everything hit me and it was it was my dream. It was like, just like there, but you know, it's kind of hard to say with dreams cause they're so, it's really hard. And, you know, especially, I don't know about you, but like when I wake up, it's, you know, it's hard to even remember most of the dreams, but that's one that stood out to me. Um, another weird thing that happens a lot and I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I've looked it up and there seems like there's a good explanation for it, but a lot of the times, um, when I'm driving around, any of the street lights that hang overhead, um, either at intersections or you know off, you know, low lit roads, I've I've seen them, and I don't know if it's just, and that's another thing. It's like I don't know if it's you know I'm looking for something and I'm finding it, yeah, but you know, or just paying more attention, right? I don't know if it's one of those cases, but uh, I mean, I'm telling you what, man, like they. I swear to God, they turn off like all the time and it free, it like used to freak me the hell out, but I, you know, I've gotten used to it now to where it's just like, I've gotten so used to it to where like, I try to call it and I'm like, and that one's going to turn off. And like, I've called it before. It's, that's weird. I don't know what to think about that. You know, those lights, they do turn off on their own. They do. So on intervals. So it's not that crazy. So, you know, no. Um, and neither has guy. He, uh, you know, for the, well, I say neither, but for a long time, nothing happened to guy. Uh, he's had a crazy experience one night where a blue light, you know, he was just in his living room, blinding blue light that seemed like it was coming from outside, you know, shined, you know, went through the windows. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd love to get you in contact with him because it's I was his going story to say. is just is it's it's my story. He's had a lot more crazy things happen. Now with his story, you know, when he saw the triangle, he goes to his job. He was on his way to work, right? Other people at work saw it. The weird thing about his, you know, I mentioned earlier that there was nobody on the highway, at least nobody that I can remember. So there was nobody else driving when I saw it. But when he was driving 4, 5 a.m., a lot of people are going to work at that time. You know, US-23 becomes pretty busy. And he said the weirdest thing about his, you know, and he just, he spent the longest time trying to, you know, just make sense of it, is that nobody else slowed down. There was other people on the highway. It seemed like nobody saw it but him. Hmm. Um. So for a while, he's like, he's just like, am I just seeing things? But the, but he gets to the, you know, the factory and other people said that, you know, other coworkers said that they saw it too. Um, and he even has a story, you know, he'll tell it better than me, but, uh, he has a coworker, cowork, two coworkers at that factory job he was at that I think it was like a week later or so, um, she came up to him and was like, you know, I need to talk to you, you know, cause I guess she knew that he saw the triangle or whatever. And 
I guess she felt comfortable to tell him this, but she said that one day it was her and this other girl that would carpool. Get back into it. So they were driving down US 23 south. Um, and their story goes that they said that they thought they hit some black ice because their van started um, spinning out on the highway. They said that, you know, that it spun out. But she quickly realized, I think it was, she was in the passenger seat, that it wasn't black ice because they just kept on spinning faster and faster. And she realized that she was being lifted off the ground. Next thing that they remember is they wake up on the side of the highway, but facing north. They're on the north side. Um, you know, they turn around, get back on the highway, go to work, and they're like an hour or so late. Um, something like that. This lady, you know, talked to guy a lot. She thinks that they made her pregnant. Um, and it just gets into just crazy craziness. Cause it's, you know, you hear those stories and you can kind of just like, eh, okay, you know, but when you're, when you hear a story and they go, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I got abducted and they made me pregnant and you're like, Oh, and yeah, it happened right here. And then you're like, Oh, you know, I'm like, Oh, right there, right where I saw a triangle UFO hovering over yeah. the highway. So then I'm like, Holy crap. You know, like, well, you know, I'm inclined to believe this like completely, you know, and it's been, it's just been nuts. Like I just, it's the weird, Just, part, weird, one of the weirdest parts that I think I should really hammer in because I think it's worth people looking into on their own is the March aspect of it and the time aspect of it. Because I saw mine March 23rd, 3.23 a.m., um, you know, 2019. He you know, saw his in 94, March, the 9th or the 18th, right? So it was 25 years and five days. Um, I've done the math. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was just very, very interesting. And I've seen, I've really been paying attention. And this is also another thing is why I want more people to look into it that, you know, maybe I'm just looking for something and finding what I want to see is, just March UFO sightings. Um, Phoenix lights happened in March. Yeah. There's been multiple and I, I just see, I see it keep on popping up. Um, even on just normal, you know, comments on like the, the subreddits, you know, just, Hey, I saw this, you know, happened in March, blank, blank, blank. And I'm just like, Holy crap. You know, like I think there's something to do with there. There's something going on with that. Um, not too sure. And you know, I don't know more than anybody else. I mean, that's really all I know. Like I said, nothing too crazy has happened since. Um, I think, thankfully, it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Well, aside from March 18th is my birthday. Uh, uh, that's, um, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> so, um, I want to look out for folks. No, I want to just ask, because we're going to have to wrap up, Alex. I've got someone else waiting. But I want to know. Yeah, that's completely you fine. You're looking at March 2019. Now, the obvious thing is going to be 
you mentioned a video. How much did you film, and do you still have that? Yeah, yeah, I do have the video. Be more than happy to send it to you too. You know, and this is it's one of those other things where it's just confirmation where it's just like, oh, that's why all the videos suck of UFOs, <laughs> you know, because when I started the video, I'm thinking like, I'm gonna, you're, you know, I wasn't looking at the phone, you know, too much. I was just trying to get a good angle, but really looking with my eyes, you know, just hanging it out the window. And you're driving I, as well. And I'm driving too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm literally in my mind's, I'm losing my mind. Like, or at least I'm thinking I am. And so, you know, I'm thinking like after that, I'm like, I got that on video. I'm like, this is going to be sweet, you know? So I, you know, drive home and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to look at the video and I, I look at it and it's, it's just so crappy. It's just so shit. It just is three points of light. Like all you see, I mean, and they're anomalous. Like if you know the area, you know where I'm videotaping, you'd be like, yeah, that's, that's weird. You know, that's not supposed to be there, but like, they just look very far away. And this is just, you know, they always say, it's like, why hasn't somebody gotten a good picture yet? A good video, you know, iPhones are horrible (laughs) at taking that, you know, at any distance at night, especially, um, you know, unless you have a long exposure, you know, it's, it is hard in low light, you know, not many cameras are, you know, I don't, I didn't have a night vision camera, you know, on me or whatever, mm. you know, and not many people do, you know, I mean, everybody's got a phone, but in all honesty, they're good at taking selfies and that's about it. You know, when it comes to clear photos at night, especially of lights in the sky, they just look like stars. Um, the weird part about the video, though, and I will say this is, and this kind of gets into the woo. I was listening to a podcast that I watch, um, and, you know, they talk about news just every day, nothing specific. It's not like they were a, you know, a uh, crypto zoo, you know, channel, like anything mm-hmm. like that. So I'm listening to it, and, and I didn't realize this until after watching the video because I had the audio going in the video. But you hear, you hear them talking about, you know, they're talking about that stupid movie with uh, Abraham Lincoln. He's like a vampire and Bigfoot hunter. Yeah. But like, they're talking about Bigfoot like at the same exact time. And it's just, I'm like, what are the chances of like two of the craziest like topics, you know, intertwining. And like I said, it's not normal that they would talk about that sort of stuff. I just found that interesting. I was just like, man, that's weird. But, and I don't know what to think about that either, but yeah, that's just, I want to ask you crazy. one one more question because we went way over, um, but it's been fascinating <laughs> to listen. Um, what are your hopes for for the UFO topic in twenty twenty four? If there was one thing that you could realistically see happen, what would that be? You know, one thing is you know what I'm doing now, right? You know, I'm a normal person. Like I didn't ask for this, and I know many people don't. You know, or I'd say most don't <laughs> when they experience something. So I would just say I hope people are more supportive of uh, people understanding. Um, you know, we got to be skeptical. You know, there's crazy people. There's bad actors that are, you know, misinformation, things like that, too. But 
you know, just talking to honest people and just um, everybody telling them their stories and feeling comfortable to tell them because, you know, we have very high level people telling, you know, similar stories. And I think it's just, I think it's time. I, I hope, you know, I hope that some more, more information comes out. Um, I'm looking forward to more information that Grush is able to divulge. Um, kind of just wishing for the best. Um, I foresee, you know, it, like I said, it's been snowballing since 2017. You know, it's just not going to slow down. We'll leave it there, Alex. Listen, lovely speaking with you. Thank you so much. Like anyone who comes on to talk about their experience, it takes a, a lot to do that. So thank you. And I'd love to speak to you again sometime. Yeah, it's no problem. It's been my pleasure and I really appreciate it. Next up on the podcast, we head to New York and I'm joined by Dave. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me. It's very good to have you. And uh, you just mentioned to me that you'd bumped into Dan. Uh, well, you bumped into Dan, but you you kind of stared at Dan from a distance when you were at the Inquire Anomalous conference. And uh, yeah. Dan was horrible to you, wasn't he? I believe. <laughs> I mean, you know, I gave him a pass. Uh, at, at that time, like I was there, I was just really excited to be there. And, um, you know, when I'm in that, when I'm in that mode, like I'm just, I'm blissed out and I, and I was by myself and I just had the biggest smile on my face. And during one of the breaks, I see Dan kind of come from behind like that sort of VIP area. And I just recognized him right away. Um, and again, I'm just excited to see, you know, all these luminaries and these people who I, you know, have, Put on a pedestal um, in terms of uh, this subject matter, and I was just looking at him, and he caught my eye, and I think he was curious as to why the stranger is just staring at him and with a giant smile on his face, and he asked me, "Hey, is you okay? Is everything all right?" You know, in his Dan way, right? The smiling, and uh, and I just kind of shot back like, "Yeah, I'm good," um, but I feel like I just maybe kept my eyes on him a little too long, so. Uh, so in fairness, you know, I probably just looked like a complete weirdo. So I, I thought him, him asking you for $50 for an autograph was just inappropriate. So I apologize. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure Dan will hear this and he will remember that as well. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Dave, um, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about today? Yeah, so um, good question. I, I feel like there's a there are a couple of things that I, I wanted to sort of get your take on. Um, you know, like I've been curious about the phenomenon for a really long time. And one of the things that um, I found kind of interesting is just how difficult it was for me uh, to sort of take it beyond that level of, oh, I just love watching like these random videos of like these craft that people have filmed. Um, and like, I want to get more serious about the topic. Um, but I feel like personally, it just felt like I was just kind of thrown into the deep end, right? Like, um, who do I follow? What podcasts do I listen to? What books do I read? You know, um, just because the subject is so huge. And I, I was just curious to know, and maybe, maybe you're aware of something like this. Is there anything that kind of would help people like myself, you know, if you rewind the clock a few years as like an on-ramp, like a, a safer way to sort of be introduced to this topic again, beyond just, what you see in the media. Um, and I just wondered if, if there was 
almost like a cheat sheet, you know, or, or some kind of references that would be like, look, go to this, go to this, uh, uh, go to your bookstore, pick up this book. Um, didn't know if something like that already existed or not, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to get your take because it's, it's, it's really overwhelming. I think this, this, this topic. No, I, yeah, completely. Um, just this podcast, that's all people need. No. Um, do you know what? I, I, I don't think that there, there is an answer because in my opinion, anything that anyone is going to tell you, and I 100% include myself in this, is literally my opinion. People ask me, you know, what books do I recommend? What books are in the pile? Um, what podcasts, what movies, what documentaries? Doesn't mean they're the right ones. These are just the ones that either I've seen and recommend because I've seen some that I don't recommend, but that's purely personal. It's the same as going to, if you ask me today, Dave, you know, and I recommend you go and check out some of the James Fox documentaries, you know, especially um, the phenomenon. I think that's a great starting off point for anyone coming into the subject and you're not going to see too much history. It's going to bring you to here and now. Uh, Here's what's happened the last five years you know, pre-Grush Fravor Graves uh, hearing. Um, and I think it, it, it's really concise, gives you a lot of information, some really nice background, but also some of the key people now who are involved in the topic in a really serious high-level way. But if you ask the person after me, they might see, uh, they might say, look, Stephen Greer, you have to get on all of his documentaries on Netflix. Uh, you have to sign up for the you know, C-SETI. You have to really get diving into what he's looking at and what he's talking about because this guy knows his stuff. Um, and you can't say either of us are right or either of us are wrong. It's purely opinion. And I think that's yeah. the, the beauty and the, kind of, the hardship of the UFO topic that where do you jump on? So for me, I, I would always go with right now the James Fox, you know, documentary uh, i'd recommend even like the book wise i think ross coulter in plain sight is a great place to start because it really captures where we are now and kind of how we got there but what you do is i think you start there and you work your way back um that's a really good way of doing it it's it's a hard topic to to find one path in and i don't know if you've found this where you start to look and then I've mentioned before this spider diagram for the UFO topic. You know, in the middle, it's got UFOs. Mm-hmm. Off that, it's got aliens, non-human intelligence, psyops, cover-up conspiracies. And then off of those, you've got ghosts, Bigfoot, other paranormal entities. And it just starts branching off into 100 different directions. And before you know it, you're 12 hours deep in a YouTube binge on some Joe Rogan DMT spirit molecule episode <laughs> and you don't know how you got there but you know you started with are UFOs real um, I don't even know if that answers your question but that's probably the point it, it does it does it's uh, it, it definitely is a rabbit hole um, and I definitely have found myself you know at 2 or 3 a.m. just <laughs> on some random YouTube videos but uh, yeah I think um, I mean the idea of starting with uh, you know particular you know, documentary. I think it's great, and and absolutely love James Fox's uh, documentaries, especially um, the one about Virginia, the Virginia incident. Especially, was hugely impactful for me. But um, I just feel like even after kind of taking something like that in, like you still kind of reach a point where it's like, okay, well, that was great, but then I'm hearing about. Richard Doty, Admiral Wilson, ATIP, Arrow, DOD, Project Blue, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, like, where do I go from here, right? Um, and I feel like if I had, 
maybe if I just had like a friend who was a little bit more knowledgeable than I was at the time to sort of help hold my hand and go, okay, like now you've seen that, like, what more are you interested in? Like the cover up stuff, um, you know, what the military, you know, have reported, what, uh, you know, what pilots have seen, um, uh, experience stuff like, you know, abductions. Uh, I, I feel like, for me, at least all of it is, is super interesting, but I would have loved to know, like, all right, there are these specific paths, Dave, and you can go down a couple of these, try not to go down all of them because you're just going to get like a whole lot of craziness and it's going to be confusing for you. And you're going to maybe spin your wheels a lot. Um, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe in a, you, a, a UAP advisor. <laughs> do you remember, um, goosebumps, choose your own ending type books? Remember, you would read a couple oh, yeah. of pages and then it'd be like, yeah, um, yeah. if you want to go through the door on the left, go uh, to page seven. If you want to go to the door on the right, then go to page 12. And you would go to page 12 and you would be like a couple of pages in. You're like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. That doesn't end well. I'm going to go back and I'm going to go. That's the UFO topic. I think you have to yeah. pick something and start walking down the path. Is there anything you have watched that you've mentioned the Virginia documentary, Moment, Moment of Contact? Uh James, yeah. no, not Moment of Contact. Was it Moment of Contact? Oh, man. It was, You're wasn't it? I'm going to look that up while I talk to you. I'm taking a total mind fart on it. Um, it was Moment of Contact. I'm going to say it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moment of Contact. That's the Virginia uh, documentary from James Fox, um, which he horrendously made zero money from because the company totally conned him. Um, so disappointing one on that side folks but james has got a new documentary coming out hopefully this year uh which he very much deserves to get some cash back on so um i'm not saying you should go and pirate james's documentaries that he's making no money from but you know don't know what james would say um <laughs> but is there anything you have watched that you've not liked so far or anything you've read or even anything you've heard that you thought mm, i don't know if i like that route or that idea uh, yeah. In fact, um, th that was one of the things I kind of wanted to get your take on too, was that, uh, maybe that, that New York, the New York magazine article, have you heard about that one? Um, oh, that was, one? uh, it just, it just came out and people had a lot of reactions to it just because it felt like the author of that and who I'm not familiar with, um, but kind of approaches, all of this subject matter and he pulls in like a lots of uh, lots of sort of prominent names. Um, he just kind of throws some cold water on UAP and the phenomenon in general. And uh, you know, for me, like I, I read something like that and it kind of comes off again as somebody who just doesn't, you know, just doesn't understand like why anybody would spend time, talking about this stuff or researching it. And, it. and it felt a little bit like he was coming at it from a place of, well, this is all, you know, this is kind of fakery or it's, or it's, you know, a bunch of lunatics kind of, you know, spending a lot of time on this. Um, and it, it just, to me, like stuff like that just feels like it's not helping, you know, the, you know, the research into this subject, because to me, like there's validity to this, you know, um, I don't understand how you can hear from our own government and understand that our government has uh, created um, whole teams of, of researchers to kind of look into this stuff. 
without sharing that with the public and, and for you not to be kind of curious as to why, um, you know, or to understand that, well, if they believe that there's something there that uh, maybe there is. Um, so I just, I just don't get that stuff. And it, and it really bums me out to see uh, something like that um, because I know that there are going to be people who um, maybe don't have a strong opinion one way or the other, but then they read that article and they go, oh, well, maybe, maybe this is a waste of time. And, and that to me is, is just not helpful. So is this the article, uh, its title is No Aliens Haven't Visited the Earth, Why Are So Many Smart People Insisting Otherwise? Uh, by Nicholson Baker, a novelist yeah. and essayist from Maine. Um, do you know what? I hadn't seen this. It's just been released yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on the 1st of Feb. I hadn't seen it yet. Um, and it's on the website. It's got a picture of Grush, uh, a few other folks. It's got um, Leslie Kane. Avi Loeb, yeah. Leslie Kane, yeah. Um, yeah. It's got some classic pictures, and it's got the the red string going across, connecting all the dots, okay? And just at a glance, the language, I can see what I can see what you mean. Just from skim reading the article, which I will get to, but I can't do it on this call because it's pretty long. Um, there's a lot of assumptive language within it. Just, for example, in one of the first paragraphs, talking about Sean Kirkpatrick and why he left his role, um, he says that uh, David Grush... Um, who was a former intelligence officer, stepped out of the shadows to announce the US military possesses a small fleet of non-human pre-owned flying saucers. Straight away, that's not what anyone has said. He didn't call them saucers, he goes on to say. He called them UAPs, or Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, but basically we're talking saucers. Hell of a lot of assumptive language straight off the bat. And I can almost tell exactly what the rest of that article is going to go like. So yeah... There's two ways I would look at that, Dave, okay? First one, you can go pure conspiracy, misinformation, psyop theory, okay? I don't right. think that's the case. Um, and I, t- I tend not to, to leap on that side of things, and I know plenty of folks will, and that's fine. For me, I just look at that as someone who massively stigmatizes the UFO topic still, rightly or wrongly, and they're just going in both barrels on a subject they think is ridiculous. But it may be says something now i don't know if that's nicholas baker's first ever article on the subject or 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 what um no doubt educated himself if he tells if he tells you he's an essayist you know he's not an idiot likely um they used to call them bloggers but here we are uh but he's at least seen enough in the ufo topic and like he says why are so many smart people talking about it to get involved so at the very least that shows to me some kind of positive impact that Dave Grush, Leslie Kane, Avi Loeb have had. Because this guy's came in here a bit of an arse, an arse, to be honest. Skeptic, as he says himself. And he's went, why is an astrophysicist, a prize-winning journalist, and an intelligence officer, clever guy, in a really, really important role in the US government, all talking about UFOs as if they're real? That's a starting point, at least. And do you know what? Dave, you say you're at the starting point of this or have been for a few years, whatever it might be. Here's someone else who's at a starting point, but just in a very different place to you. And Mm. he's probably looking for a different type of rabbit hole. He wants confirmation that it's nonsense. He'll gravitate towards the same debunkers. He'll gravitate towards the language that he sees fits his narrative and what he wants to learn from the subject and i think you've got to just appreciate that and 
I always think if folks are engaging with people like that, don't do the screaming and shouting and kicking off. Just suggest, you know, why don't you check this interview? Why don't you just have a look at this? Or why don't you look at this? And if they choose not to, that's fine. You're not going to convince them otherwise. But right. someone like right. yourself has came into the topic far more open-minded. Uh, I would ask you right now, Dave, how long have you had an interest in UFOs in the way you have it now? Oh, man. I mean, the, the interest started probably many, many years ago. But I think I started to get a little bit more serious about it within the last two or three years. Cool. So I'm asking you as a member of the public, um, Dave, so you're talking about UFOs at some party, you know, or by the water cooler, whatever you want to say. What what UFOs, Dave, what, what are they? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, you know, they could be physical, they could be metaphysical. Um, there's a lot of speculation out there and there, but there are also a lot of really smart people who are looking into the phenomenon and people who um, have you know, uh, done so for, for many, many years and have dedicated their lives to trying to figure out this, uh, whatever this is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm super fascinated by all of it. And so I just do my best to try to look into what to me feel like reliable sources of, of information to help me kind of navigate the subject um, but I find it, it is all so fascinating, you know, uh, and it's exciting to be a part of the community um, and to learn as much as I can. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave yeah, it at that. That's, that that's, that's a good place to be. And see, to be honest, I would, I would suggest people like uh, Ross yeah. Coulter, George Knapp, James Fox, and some people might be listening to this thinking, oh, charlatans, grifters, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But go and have a look at Stephen Greer. I would say, go and have a look at Linda Moulton Howe. I quite like, or I suppose less now, but I used to quite like listening to Linda Moulton Howe read her um, stories that she, and I'm not, I'm not saying that flippantly, but Linda Moulton Howe would say, I've got a, a correspondence here from a soldier who's based in such and such an area who claims he worked on an Antarctic base that houses alien hybrids and hybrid craft. And do you know what? That starts to get a little bit too much for a lot of people. But I used to quite like listening to that. But I would say, especially if you're new to the subject and you're not sure where to look, listen to that and make up your own mind. Are you happy with Linda Moulton Howe, experienced journalist and researcher, giving you a secondhand story as there you go i'm reading it take always take it at face value but then make up your own mind but i would yeah. say that about nat coulter fox corbell lou elizondo always said the same thing you know make up your own mind just because someone says it doesn't mean it's gospel um you've got to kind of find your own kind of place and root in this and my my opinion's fluid and it always i think should be and i think it's a healthy way to approach this topic that if tomorrow and I'll ask you, Dave, who are, give me a couple of names of people right now you see as authority figures in this subject. Uh, uh, Leslie Kane, um, Jay King, Kelly Chase, um, you know, just to, just to name a few, uh, Jeremy Corbell, uh, in, in some instances, uh, George Knapp. That's cool. That, that's a good five. If you found out tomorrow all five of those were conspiring together uh, on behalf of the US government to poo-poo and dismantle the UFO topic from the inside, okay? And that's not the case. I don't believe that. But imagine you found that out. 
would it put you off the subject completely or could you still keep digging into it? No, I, it wouldn't put me off. I, I mean, if anything, it might make me more interested, right? I mean, because then there's that whole idea of like, well, you know, if, if all of them were conspiring to, uh, to put some misinformation out there, why, right? Yeah. Like, why would they do that? 100%. Um, yeah. That, that's what I am. And if I found out, you know, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, George Knapp, Carvel, Fox, Coulter, any, I, I don't care who you're naming, I'm just naming names, were in this for the wrong reasons, etc. That doesn't stop me having an interest in the subject. And I think there are some yeah. folks who like that idea that if person A is found to have lied or be lying or having been unknowingly fed information that they then passed on as truth that wasn't, that it ruins the subject for people. I've had my own sighting, which was incredible in the 90s. That's enough for me. And I've just spoken to one of the callers before you, um, and they shared a story which they said themselves they saw as a child, and that's enough for them to have an interest in this. So it shouldn't make a difference because things get debunked or get put on the back burner or narratives change that you should fall out of love or fall out of love with having an interest in the subject because I think the mystery is what keeps a lot of people involved. Um, but yeah, for me, I'm, my opinion's fluid. It could change next week, next year, next month. Uh, but what what's your next go-to in the subject? What what are you th- either reading now or going to look at or going to watch? Uh, so I just am trying to finish up Avi Loeb's um, Interstellar. Uh, and the next book that I have that I, ha- that I want to really get to is In Plain Sight. Um, so I know you mentioned that like a, a minute ago. But um, yeah, I, I really want to read that one next. It's got a revised edition, so make sure you pick up the, the revised copy it's got a couple of extra chapters at the end i think i think i have that one. if you've got it already no you've got the original that's fine though i think this but, is the original yeah but the, okay. the revised ones just have a little bit on the february shutdowns um mm. so yeah i spoke to ross about that on the podcast last year when it was coming out um but yeah the original is fantastic um but yeah that's what one thing i'd love to ask to kind of finish off with dave um what do you want to see realistically to happen in the UFO subject this year, 2024? Oh gosh, Andy, uh, that's a, a really good question. Um, I, I don't know that I have an answer for that, unfortunately. Um, I mean, realistically, that's, that's the part that, that gets me. Um, I would, I just would love some more confirmation from, uh, from the government on the things that they're keeping secret. Um, but again, I just, I don't know that realistically we're going to hear anything more about the shoot downs, right. Uh, the, the shoot down that happened in Alaska. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, uh, I feel like recently, didn't you ask a question? Maybe it was you, uh, you kind of threw something out on Twitter where we're like, Hey, is there something that, uh, you know, uh, was, was kind of a hot topic and then now it's not. Yeah. Pre 2017. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, pre 2017. Okay. Well, this wasn't pre 2017, but no, but that's, um, that's, that was exactly my point. Yeah. That something comes up and goes away, but it was big at the time. Yeah. So I don't know that any of the things that I want to know about would fall into that category of realistically, uh, having some serious movement this year. Um, I'm, you know, I still feel like, I feel like last year was kind of an amazing year. There was so much information, so much happening. 
um, so many stories. Uh, I would love to continue to see some more movement in, in those directions of some disclosure, some transparency. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a great example. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> no, that was a good answer. I liked it, Dave. Um, but listen, keep doing what you're doing. Keep digging. Uh, I'd love to speak to you again on the next call and see where you're at in your, your UFO journey. Um, but yeah, there's no right or wrong path. And I think you're going to go down various avenues that you agree with, you don't agree with, you like some things you just don't like. I've said before, I'm not big into the orb side of the topic. Not that they don't exist and it doesn't happen. I just see too many videos and photographs of what looks like dust to be There's orbs for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. other folks would say the same about different things. So it is what it is. It's a buffet and you'll find your own kind of point in the buffet that you like more than others. So Dave, wonderful speaking with you. Same here, Andy. Thanks so much for having me on. Anytime, mate. Good to speak. We are going to head over now to South Wales, and I've got Lee joining me on the line. Lee, how are we? I'm well, thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me. Very much good to have you on. Lee, the floor is yours. What is it you want to talk about? Um, it was just about a sighting, that's all. I noticed last night you hadn't had many replies, and I felt a bit guilty and thought I'd chip in. Um, it's from about, I think it's about 1988. Um, I grew up in a, in a town called Abergavenny, which is like a small market town in South Wales. Um, it's kind of surrounded by mountains and sort of south of Brecon Beacons area. Um, I'd kind of forgotten about it for quite a few years. Uh, it's just one of those things that you kind of put to the back of your mind, I think. It would have been, and I've been able to kind of pin it down, mainly because of the reason and sort of why I was where I was at the time. Um, my sister at the time, I think, was doing a GCSEs, and I think I think they stuck me in her bedroom with my elder sister to give her sort of a chance to study. So I, I'm pretty sure it was around about 1988. Um, so I ended up sharing a bunk bed with my other sister, my older sister, much to her sort of devastating. Um, the bottom bunk, of course. Um, and I, I just I woke up. I woke up one night, and um, I suppose without <laughs> without sounding crazy. Um, with an urge to stand up and open the curtains, um, which I didn't really think was odd at the time. Um, got out of bed, opened the curtains, and um, there was a giant, let's say giant, a large orange ball of light, probably, ooh, I don't know, a few hundred yards away and maybe about 100 feet above the houses. Quite easy to discern where it was because um, I don't know if you've... If, for anyone that's listening that's lived sort of in the shadow of a mountain, but at night, um, the silhouette that a, that a mountain casts is very sort of separate from the sky above it. And this this was sort of, you know, I could see the mountain behind it, not the sky behind it. So it was probably, you know, about 100 feet maybe. Um, an orange ball. Uh, very, very sort of weird. Um, I don't really sort of remember how I felt about it other than the fact that I was just utterly sort of transfixed and fascinated by it. Um, I must have stood there for oh, a minute, maybe, just watching it. And it was, it was, I don't know if anyone's ever, I'm not going to recommend it, but anyone who's ever looked at the sun, trying to actually look at something that's that bright or that swirly, it has a kind of a movement to it, you know? Like, mm. like it doesn't really have any sort of, it's hard to focus on, I would say. Um, it had a slight sort of, slight shimmy to it, maybe, as well. Um, very subtle shimmy. It wasn't moving, um, but it was changing in, in in intensity, sort of gradually sort of changing intensity from a sort of a, a yellowy orange to almost a white hot, I suppose, and pulsing. Um, I noticed over time, probably over that minute, um, 
And I think I sort of probably snapped too a little bit and kind of frantically tried to wake my sister. I remember trying to wake my sister, you know, I think I selfishly was sort of drinking it in myself. And then like, like most things, you sort of want someone else to sort of see it, don't you? Mm. Uh, I started sort of frantically grabbing at my sister, trying to wake her up and sort of banging out, but she didn't really wake up. Um, and I noticed sort of shortly after that. So, I mean, this whole thing was probably no more than about two minutes, I would say. Um, there, there was a slight change in um, in the light, and it became probably less of a indescript orange ball and more of an ellipse, I suppose, like an orange ellipse. Um, it seemed to sort of, I, it's a very human word to use to describe it, but it seemed, again, sort of slightly agitated. It was moving, moving, ever quivering almost. Um, it seemed to sort of shimmy slightly left and right. And then all of a sudden, it just took off in a perfectly horizontal line. I mean, not so fast that you couldn't follow it, but silly fast, you know? Yeah. Um, and I suppose the best, I try to describe it. I've not really ever really sort of talked about this in a sort of scripted story. So it's kind of weird going back talking about it. I think I've only ever really sort of shared it. If, a few times with a few people when the conversation has already been started, you know, and dropped it in anecdotally. Um, but I suppose the, the way that it slid off was quite weird. Um, it seemed frictionless and almost like the way something slides on ice, the way mm. it just suddenly picks up speed and then seems to, you know, it's, it's gone. And it was a very straight line. It didn't go upwards or downwards. It, it slid perfectly sideways out. Um, my sister woke up probably just shortly after that, wondered why the, what the hell I was doing, obviously. Um, I was, by all accounts, like quite, quite, quite sort of manic and hyper and, you know, really sort of excited by it. But I don't really remember much after, after that other than, I mean, I'm assuming she put me back into bed and told me to shut up, probably. <laughs> um, and I, I don't really remember thinking about it much more after that at the time. And then I, it wasn't until, I, again, I sort of only looking back now over the years, I've kind of pieced this together myself. Um, I was, I think I was at my cousin's and it would have been about 1996, I believe. Um, and we were just, just hanging out and he had a load of these like weird magazines on the floor. I don't know if anyone from the nineties remembers, there was this like publication that came out. It was called X factor. And it was all these weird sort of kooky sort of stories that were sort of interspersed with, you know, UFOs and other things. And it wasn't something I'd ever really had an interest in or sort of noticed. And we were sort of flicking through them, sort of laughing. Uh, and there was like, crazy things in there, like that man who got bitten by a great white shark, and you know, in Australia all the yeah. years ago, and just weird stories. It's put like it was something like you know, for any sort of UK viewers, kind of like the um, Sunday sports stories, almost like you know, very sort of sensationalized weird stories. And I just remember turning the page on one of them and seeing something that looked exactly like this object, um, and I had a really sort of visceral response to it, like a. I suppose the only way I can describe it, I suppose for, I suppose uh, listeners and people who would be familiar with that, is like when people describe looking at the cover book of maybe communion or something and having that oh that sort of visceral feeling of seeing something, a picture that brings back a memory of something. Mm -hmm. Um, I just became I don't know for a while I think I became quite sort of like anyone else, quite obsessed with it and a bit like just wanted to know what it was. And I think for anyone who remembers sort of like the mid-90s onwards, I mean, trying to research and trying to get answers for something like this back then was, I mean, like taking a questionnaire into a lunatic asylum. Yeah. Um, just very weird. Very weird. Um, 
and yeah, it just really piqued an interest that I think that just never really died on the subject. And I think the, the biggest barrier that a lot of people have, obviously, to this that you hear, and I totally empathize with, is, well, I've never seen anything. And I yeah. think, honestly, if I'd never seen that, I think I would still be on that side of the fence. Um, mm-hmm. I'm quite skeptical about it. But, I mean, it was, you know, it was ever since then, it's like, that's good enough for me. So that was good enough for me just to, to continue an interest in it then. Um, and obviously, I, looking back now over the years, I just, things about it seems quite weird. I mean, you know, getting out of bed and looking out the window. and I, I, The only way I can describe it is, I don't know if you've ever woken up and like there's a noise outside maybe while you've been asleep and you kind of wake up knowing there's something going on outside, you know, or waking up and knowing there was something out there. And I can't kind of escape the feeling that I kind of opened those curtains expecting to see something looking back, maybe. Um, and it's, I, I don't, don't really know. Do you know, I really don't know. Um, yeah. Lee, let me ask. It, did... really, mate. Um, it's, it's fascinating to hear. You said it's like, not a really grandiose <clears throat> story. And I, I, I'm really hesitant to sort of, I don't like to talk about it because I'm very aware of the fact that, you know, the more you talk about something, the more likely you are to embellish on it. Or, But, I mean, that's about all I can really say on it. Um, and ever since then, I suppose, I'm, I'm, I've you know, kept an open mind on the subject overall. Um, but anytime I, I'm always on the listen for things that kind of, you know, that, that strike a similarity to it. They always tend to match my ear. And I did find out that, you know, over the years, you do hear about quite similar stories of people just waking up with an impulse to to look out the window, and I suppose that, that is you know that kind of oh, creeps me out a little bit thinking about it now. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's my story, mate. I'm just... So it's really interesting to hear that, Lee. Um, those stories make me wonder. You said the object was around a hundred yards or hundred feet away. Did you get any any idea that it was aware of you? Um. Oh. That's a very loaded question, isn't it? Um, do you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say yes, but I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I kind of, I couldn't escape the feeling that it was kind of sod's law. It was like, wake up, will you wake up? And like the second you take off, it's like my sister wakes up. And that was what mm. really, I just remember being really, really angry at that at the time and quite, you know, quite hyper. I was about eight years old at the time. So imagine, I, you know, I probably sounded like a raving lunatic of a child or something, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I honestly don't know, mate. I wouldn't like I wouldn't like to to make assumptions on behalf of whatever it was. But no, no, that's fair enough. And do you think is there any connection? And this might be putting two and two together and getting five. Uh, and you might have alluded to it slightly. You couldn't wake your sister up until the object was gone. Do you think that was? A consequence um, of what was happening, or again, is that just she wasn't waking up? I, I, I don't know. I was hitting it pretty hard. It was hitting it pretty hard. And do you know what? I actually went back a few years later. And I met my sister. Still, actually, remembers the night. Funnily enough, but she obviously still doesn't. I mean, it's one of those things. I, I don't really mention it. I, I'm sure we all, we've all got family. We don't. <laughs> we don't like to talk about it too much around family. You know, you get the eye rolls and, and everything else. So, I mean, it's. But she does. She she vividly remembers the night I was trying to wake her up. And I was shouting and ranting and raving to look out the window. She remembered all of that, but she didn't wake up and see anything. I was very reluctant to say that bit because obviously it's kind of a bit, I don't know. I don't know. It's maybe like you said, getting two and two and getting five maybe. Um, I've got no other recollections of anything else happening. I will just say that. 
I did, funnily enough, I've, one or two of the people I've spoken to as friends over the years who've got a sort of a passing interest in it, enough enough to maybe pry. One or two have actually said, oh, you should have one of those hypnotic regression things. It's not really something I've considered. Uh, and to be honest, um, I mean, like, like I said, the memory is enough for me. It was mm. enough validation for me. And I suppose the concern is I wouldn't really want to pollute that memory with letting other people get their hands on it. Does that yeah. make sense? hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And I, I don't, I've got nothing against hypnotherapy or anything else. I mean, I, I don't know anything about it. So it's not for me to, to say that it's flawed in this way or that way or, it, you know. So it's an odd one there. But uh, yeah, there's a little bit of it that kind of, I was tempted. There was a little bit for a split second, maybe I thought, yeah, maybe there is sort of, maybe I would remember more, I suppose, yeah. of the actual sighting itself, maybe. Um, but yeah, I've, I've never really felt the urge to, to pursue that, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being cowardly about that. Or like I said, I, no, I, no. the way I would see it is that I'm, I'm a, I don't know, I, I'm quite sceptical about a lot of things. Um and a bit curmudgeonly in like in like in like that, and so I wouldn't want to. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, mate. I, I really don't. What What do you think it was? You must. That must go through your mind a lot. Yeah, what yeah. do you think it was? Oh God, you know, I. Well, like I said, this is this is a long time now, so that probably kicked me off having an interest. That would have been around ninety six. So I mean, you know, I'm forty three now, and I've obviously I, I try to listen to everything that's out there. You know, I try to read all the books. I try to quietly just absorb what's going on. I think I've been following you. I remember when your podcast started a few years ago. I, think I remember watching it very early on. God help you. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> down very early on. Um, and I, I try to give everyone a chance and just listen to it because I'm always, you know, you're just filtering it through you, just filtering it through and just seeing what, what rings a bell, what sounds, you know, what sounds like it's worth a listen and what's not. Um, but obviously it's just like a, it's a lunatic asylum of a subject at times. And especially if you've been following it for, like, what, 30 years? You know, over 30 years now, I mean, oh, like I was saying, it's harking back to, like, the bad old days of sort of the mid-90s to maybe, like, the mid-2000s. I mean, how the hell anyone would get answers to anything just by sort of trying to follow the subject at the time um, and not just having a head full of God knows what, you know, how anyone would make sense of it. So I try to just absorb it all and 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 I don't know, just... I, I, I thought at the time, maybe in over recent years, that maybe naively that that would be something that we would see by now, or maybe if it was something, if it was a breakthrough or something, do you know, that maybe we see that. I wasn't thinking that at the time, obviously, but looking back, maybe over the last probably ten or twenty years, maybe thinking, oh, well, maybe it is, maybe it is a secret tech, or maybe it is something that's, you know, being hushed, hushed up, but you'll get to know about sooner or later. But I mean, obviously not <laughs> um, since. Um, but I'm always kind of curious by those sort of orange ball type sightings where you see them, do you know, and then they do crop up yep. quite a lot of them now, um, which is nice. It's you know very nice to have that little bit of validation. But I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm no I'm no wiser now than I was then. I think like most people. Um, mm. But I suppose to steal a James Foxism, you know, I, I know what I saw, you know. And I, and I know I was definitely awake because I actually woke up to get out of bed to open the curtains. Do you know, so it wasn't like a dream or anything. Um, like I said, I didn't really think about it at the time. It was seeing that photo in 1996 was just like, I just remember stealing those magazines, saying to my cousin, like getting quite quiet and a bit weird and wanting to sort of leave. And I remember saying, can I steal these? Can I take these? And him going, yeah, yeah, just, you know, just take them. 
and then me just sort of I don't know just sort of going from there with it really um yeah I, I don't don't really know what else to add to that well let me ask Lee because that's been fascinating to hear I want to ask everyone on this call and there's a few more after you um what do you want to see realistically if you could see one thing happen this year in the UFO topic to maybe progress the subject what would it be what a question isn't it um I mean, I could probably say a few things, but whether they, whether I, those would prove to actually be. I mean, like you guys have said. I mean, I mean, what is enough for people? Is it's never enough for people, is it? You know, I mean, it doesn't a four K video is going to be shouted down and debunked and by everyone as as much as it's lauded, like anything else. Um, or, I don't. I really don't know. Maybe. Um, I mean, maybe another mass sighting, maybe another Phoenix light style sighting, possibly. Um, maybe something in daylight rather than in in the night. So, and and with like people always say, you know, obviously we all hate the one about you know everyone's got mobile phones and it, people who say that I've obviously never tried to take a photograph any more than thirty, years, 30 feet away of anything. Um, but yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe something big enough. For, for lay people and for people outside of the subject to be drawn back into it. Um, yeah. I think maybe with everything else that's gone on since maybe 2017, um, and the fact it's more, it's leached more into the public consciousness, maybe it would be received a lot better than the Phoenix Lights and, and incidents like that were maybe. Um, sure. Yeah, possibly. No, I like that. And I'll always go with you on that idea that mobile phones last year or the year before, there was the video that loads of folk, thousands of people on a traffic jam on the highway filmed what turned out to be the Goodyear blimp yeah, of the remember. NFL game. Yeah, and it does look like a weird light floating in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Daylight, yeah. like evening time, loads of Samsung S22s and iPhone 13, 14s that would have been about, and none of them got a really, really good picture. Yeah, and they're all standing saying, it's a UFO, it's a UFO, and it's a Goodyear blimp, as you eventually see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Brilliant that. Example. Any pictures of my kids, you know, it, it, it means a lot when you get a good one, because so many of them are awful. So, yeah as it is but lee listen thank you very much for joining us i do have a couple of folks waiting so i'm going to crack on uh, it's been lovely speaking with you and lee it would be great to speak to you again sometime that is all for this episode thank you very much for tuning in don't forget to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform apple and spotify do make a huge difference to the algorithm if you're checking the show on youtube please don't forget to like and leave a comment on here as well any sharing you do is very much appreciated on any social media platform and finally you can listen to shows ad free and sponsor free in their glorious full versions by subscribing for less than the price of a coffee on apple spotify just search that ufo podcast premium youtube you can sign up and be a member or you can do that through patreon.com thank you very much for listening folks It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little baroque and quite steampunk like Alice was playing bass for the parlor.